Hello viewers and listeners, Paul from 1188. Hello, another movie review tonight. Tonight's tipple is Cardio Gold Reserve. I'll get that out there. So I'm going to make this a regular thing, I think. Every week I'm going to try and have a little different drink on the go. And maybe people can suggest something as well. Decent whiskey, I quite like whiskey. Decent gin, quite like a bit of gin as well. But let me know in the comments or on social media channels if you've got anything that you want to see me drink. Could be absinthe. Get absolutely fucked up. Anyway, right. With me tonight for tonight's movie review is Samir. Hi guys, hey then, hey then, mate. You alright? Yeah, yeah, I'm right. You know you've got Go the, you know you've got the actual um, whiskey there. I've decided yeah. in the near future. You can have the whiskey. I'm going to go for the cigarette and uh, cigar in my hand. Like, you know, the old days where they used to be on TV where the actors would be smoking or the host. So I will have a... If it's a cigarette, I won't be smoking it, but I'll let it... I'll light it and just keep it my uh, sort of between my fingers and pretend that I'm Dave Ellen or something like that or one of the old uh, actors from the 1960s. You must be, must be fucking made of money then if you're just going to buy a pack of cigarettes and let it burn out. You know how much they are nowadays? Yeah, about 10 quid, aren't they? Uh, yeah, waste well, of money. More than that, the, the, the budget that came out, the spring budget that came out, they've put the tax up again. They're more near, they're nearly 15 quid for a pack of 16 cigarettes now. Jeez, okay, I'll get cigars. At least for 80 quid, I can smoke them uh, and uh, look good as well. Yeah, and you can also keep it for a couple of weeks running. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, pack of cigarettes. In, in the UK, pack of cigarettes on average, you only get 16 in a pack now as well. You don't get 20 like you used to. So you get 16 cigarettes, oh. you're getting less for more money, nearly f about £15. So whatever currency conversion it is in whatever country you are, work it out. £15 for a pack of 16 cigarettes. And people still pay it. Fucking amazing. And then can't eat food. Yeah, but you don't need food. You've got cigarettes, do you? It's an appetite suppressant. So you just live off a bag of Doritos a day. Uh, lovely. As long as you've got the old fags on a go, you're all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to say anything. Tonight, tonight we are talking about 2004 movie Denzel Washington starring in Man on Fire. My choice. Some might say a controversial choice. I don't know who's saying that, but some might say somewhere in the world might say it's a controversial choice. I don't know why. <laughs> no, neither do I. I just made it up. <laughs> yeah, but then anything is controversial. Us just being on YouTube would be controversial these days, mate. I'm telling you. Yeah. If you say um, a rainbow flag... That could be considered controversial these days. Yeah, anything is. Anything. A whole month dedicated to the rainbow flag. A whole month. We've got that to look forward to. Every corporation changes their logo to a rainbow-coloured logo. Hooray for progress. Wonderful. Unless you're in an Islamic country, then corporations don't touch it. No, we're not going there. <laughs> I think we're gonna, we have to leave that subject in more details for our twin... Um, channel that's coming out soon i say that every week is it? it's gonna come out yeah is it is it is yeah. it really is it the big cock when's the big cock coming out 
I did flop it out over the weekend, but I mean, you didn't really know that. <laughs> I was working on it on the big hawk. I mean, the trend. Okay. So, um, moving in swiftly along, plot summary. Let's give this a brief plot summary. <laughs> Story revolves around John Creasy, Denzel Washington, a burnt-out ex-CIA operative turned bodyguard who is hired to protect a nine-year-old Peter Ramos, who's played by Dakota Fanning, in Mexico City, Mexico. When Peter is kidnapped, Creasy goes on a brutal revenge fueled mission to rescue her and take down the criminals responsible. That's it in a nutshell. So, till next week, see you later. Anyway, it was nice seeing you uh, this week again, Paul. Uh, mm. I shall see you next week. So, uh, what do you think? Have you ever seen this before? You haven't, have you? No, no, first time. And I, um, I have to say, um, you and I don't always, we do most of the time, but not always, agree on our film choices. Hmm. Uh, but this one, I really enjoyed. Enjoyed the first 45, 50 minutes of it, because there was a story happening there. Uh-huh. It wasn't just action. Hmm. Um and the relationship with the little girl and Denzel Washington's character was very interesting, how it was building up into how she actually started loving him as a parent yeah. rather than a bodyguard. Mm-hmm. And that just uh, proves to me um, it was a typical movie about a rich family, which was not functional in a country which uh, would say quite a lot of people would say is not functional in areas because of the drug trade and kidnapping, etc., cetera, uh, and stuff like that. And um, it was a very, very interesting how Christopher Walken basically went to Mexico and became this guy who was supplying bodyguards and a rich guy. Um, well, it was more of a more of a favour, wasn't it? Really, I think he, he kind of got the got the word that somebody was looking for a bodyguard and yeah, wanted to mention it to his friend. Um, obviously, both ex CIA operatives, which is how they knew each other. Christopher Walken in this film, though, a very Underutilized character, I think. Yes, great actor, great actor. Mm. I love his acting. I think he's one of the one of the least used actors in Hollywood, in the sense of as a main character or main um, star of a movie. He will be a co-star or he will be a supporting actor. And I sometimes feel that his talent does deserve more than that. I think there were. There have been a few films where he's been the top dog in the movie, but for example, I think it was Batman and Penguin, uh, the one in the early 90s, where he plays the mayor of Gotham City, where he does the character really well, where he's Catwoman and stuff like that. That was one great example of his uh, acting range. Then then you've got Deer Hunter, much earlier down the road in the uh, 70s, where he plays one of the soldiers in Vietnam and then he shoots himself playing Russian roulette. But the way he acted in that was just amazing where it's quite scary to a point where you thought he had been punished by the Viet Cong to such a point where he didn't know who people were. And that will always say in my life where he actually shoots his brains out uh, playing the uh, Russian roulette and stuff like that where Robert De Niro actually tries to stop him but he doesn't succeed um king of new york another great movie he does really play great yeah i, I just like him as an actor i think he's very very underrated denzel washington another great actor two great actors mm. there uh probably at the peak 
or one at least at one at its peak. Denzel, I think, was at his peak at the time. Early two thousands. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not I think that. he was he, he was just uh he had peaked and he was just getting there, if you get what I'm saying. Well, of course, this film is a remake of... Well, it's based on a book, as most things are. Um, yeah. And it's actually a remake of a 1987 film called Man on Fire. Um, actually, had Scott Glenn as the lead character, Creasy. And Joe Pesci. Who the hell? I don't know. Really? Yeah, apparently. Jonathan Price as well, English actor, was in this. Yeah. Hmm, that was a nineteen eighty seven yeah. version. I might have to look that up actually. Because you know, I quite I did quite like this film. I've got a little story. It's that um, I heard about this film through a comedian called Joey Diaz. Some people may be familiar with the name Joey Diaz. Um, you can look him up on YouTube, he has a podcast and relatively successful stand-up comedian in the american comedy circuit um is i think he's had a netflix special as well um okay but uh he was on a podcast um and he was just going on about this film and how great it was and that was many many years ago that i listened to him talk about it and um i thought okay well let's give it a go and yeah i've liked it ever since it every time i watch it i get a little bit um, a little less enamoured with it because it's starting to show its age. It's, uh, it suffers, unfortunately, from the very early 2000 shaky cam shit that yeah. gets very frustrating, actually. Watching it today was like, oh, come on, stop. And the the, the colour exposure and stuff, it, the way that it, it obscures the view of certain sequences and stuff, it's a little bit frustrating at times i thought you were going to talk about the early 2000 phones that they have in the movie as well oh yeah yeah <laughs> well that definitely does show its age they're all using macro yeah. star tax or uh, whatever it is some sort of flip phones that they're using yeah nokia was it nokia something nokia 8 uh, something i forgot the full name of it but yeah nokia 810 or something i think it was banana phone they used to call it oh, i think it was the 8210 actually I think uh, I had one of them. Let's just have a look at that. Nokia 8210. Ah, oh, 8210. That was a tiny little one, actually. I had one of those as well. God, they were days, weren't they, eh? You used to get excited about that. Little phones. Yeah. And the smaller, the better at that point. I mean, yeah, I had one. I had, a, I, had a, I had a cell phone that was that big. Yeah, was point, it the little flip? What was it? Didn't have any flip, no, a little stubby aerial. And it was about, I think it was a Motorola. It was about that big, tiny. Oh, oh, yeah. The one with the little short aerial at the top. Yeah, the rubber one. Yeah, you could almost fit it in a matchbox. It was that small. Yes. And wow. it was great. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. <sighs> I don't think we can do that with these, can we? No. I mean, mine Mine just keeps getting bigger every year now. I'm, I'm off the Apple iPhones. I'm on the Samsungs now. Yeah. Anyway, that was a tangent. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it might correct. But the the wife is actually I recognise her from East, not East Enders, from Neighbours or Home and Away. She's Australian, I think. 
I might be wrong, but I recognise her from somewhere. I let's have a look. Her name was Rada Mitchell, who plays the character Lisa Ramos. Uh, Australian actress, yeah, Australian. She started her career acting in various Australian TV series and movies and later became known for her appearance in Hollywood films. Native of Melbourne. Uh, started acting when she was at school. She was in Neighbours in 1985 and in 1994. Yeah, I think it was in 94. I had a bit of a crush on her at the time. I remember that. Yeah, not my style. But, um, well, you know, when you're yeah, a teenager, you know, you... oh, you'd do anything, wouldn't you? You're a teenager, yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Yeah, you'll hump, hump your own pillow when you're a teenager, just gotta get it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway. So, um, well, Paul was trying to say that American uh, pie scene with a sock on was him as a teenager. I try to yeah. admit that, or was it Justin? <laughs> He's more Justin likely Nana. Justin than Paul. Mm -hmm. You know, another um, one of ten kids. <laughs> trying to get this back on topic. Um, yep. You mentioned you mentioned at the beginning that you quite like the story. You quite like the relationship. With Denzel yeah. and, um, well, with Creasy and uh, Pitta. Um, yeah. You know, when I was watching again this morning, I thought to myself, there's a very fine line with those types of relationships in films because um, usually they're done really poorly. You've got the kid who is this insufferable little know it all brat that you just want to give a slap across the face, tell to shut up because they're always like, with the adults, oh, I, I, I'm better than you, I know more than you, you're an idiot. Although, you know, yeah. the character might be 40-odd years of age and has three, four, five, even six times the amount of life experience in this little fucking kid that's trying to tell the adults what to do. Um, and serve the country undercover as well. <laughs> but this, there was a little bit of that, but not, it wasn't, overly done the kid was actually bright you know quite switched on yeah. but likable at the same time yeah. um and crazy's relationship wasn't over the top he was kind of in, in a few places he was taking the piss out of the kid and having a laugh and a joke with the kid yeah wasn't just gushing all over it and you know trying to wipe its ass every time something happened which is unusual um so yeah, I think that the pacing and the relationship build-up of those two characters was just about right. It could have gone very badly wrong if it went on for any longer. Yeah, another half an hour of it and that's it would have been over. Uh, I think yeah. the movie would have been rubbish. But also, when you're talking about the crossing the line, there was one or two bits in it where I felt really uneasy as well about the relationship. <laughs> Yeah, no, on. yeah, it, you know, there were bits in it where I thought, okay, the way the child was like gave him that necklace for a second, I thought, what the hell is she giving him a bloody ring, falling in love with him? And it was a necklace, and it was like the saint of lost souls or whatever it was lost uh, causes. Cause, causes, lost causes. So I was like, okay, that's good. I mean, I like that. Um, but there was things before that 
as well one or two scenes before that i can't remember exactly which one but it was where they have eye contact and that was a bit when i thought okay uh this is going this is wrong but then again I'm t- <laughs> but i'm thinking about what we have been told in the last seven eight years or ten years like there's an innocent relationship there, and there was me looking at it going, on oh, doesn't look quite right, if you get what I'm saying. Although oh, no, exactly, like yeah. I know exactly where you're coming from, yeah. See, it's the mind virus. It's the, uh, it's the, it's the woke mind virus, mate. It, it, it creeps in. It gets in through your ear and then goes all the way around, down your ear, all into your brain, all around the back of your brain, and, and you think, oh, yeah. fucking hell, am I, a, am I a pedo? Shit, what am I thinking? Yeah. No, it's, and then, um, it's wrong. And then, and that was a shame thing because there was nothing like that. I'm, yeah. I guarantee when if I had seen that in 2004, I would have thought, okay, it's just a guy who's a bodyguard who's been friendly with uh, the boss's child, helping and supporting her because she's a lonely child. But today, because of the last seven, eight years and what has happened in the unfortunate the world, I found it in bits a little bit uneasy. But then I realized, no, Denzel Washington would not even play them sort of parts. So, no, it's not that. But I was finding it very uneasy. Watching it, strange. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I saw my dad recently, and he, we were talking about certain subjects that I won't go into. But um, even he was kind of talking like, "Dad, don't let the woke mind virus get you." That's how yeah. it starts. That's how it starts. Um, yeah, these things they kind of creep in, and you start doubting yourself, and you're like, "What? No, there's nothing fucking wrong with me. But why am I?" No, so get that out of your head. But yeah, um, and also this wasn't a Roman Polanski film. So right. <laughs> we're yeah, definitely yeah. safe. We're yeah. definitely safe. I don't know what would happen if we, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think half oh, the people some, would vote us, mate. Oh, some jokes came into my head then, but no. That's they definitely not, look, definitely not, not safe for YouTube. So Denzel Washington's character in this as well could, could have been. I mean, it's pretty cliche. The whole film is not is not particularly clever, is it? No, really? No, I mean, no. it's it's not a film that you're going to be like, oh, I never saw that coming. Um, but Denzel Washington's character had enough nuance and intrigue to to keep it interesting. I mean, we never really find out why he's a messed up alcoholic. I mean, it's it's referenced by the ex-Interpol fella, Mendoza, I think his name is, Um, and the reporter that he was basically a CIA assassin, counterinsurgency in Thailand and Colombia and etc. But you don't really go into it. You don't know an awful lot more. You know, when I was watching it, I was thinking, you know, if there's ever, in this this day and age, right, every TV show, every movie's got its own fucking spin-off, right? Yeah. Everything's got every little character in the Marvel series, for example. And I'm going to pinpoint Marvel because they're the fucking worst at it. Is that every character's got his own TV show, his own movie. Mm-hmm. And so every every little insignificant character that anyone's drawn in a comic book gets their own TV series and stuff. And I thought, watching this, if there's any character that I could think of in recent history that deserves its own spin-up, it would be crazy in this. But it would be like a prequel. It would be his past, his history, because I'd love to know what that character did. Please don't ask him to do it because you'll be so woke now that it wouldn't even work. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a fact. Sorry, it wouldn't, I don't think his character would work now because of the way the world is. And nothing wrong being woke, but I mean, it's just I don't think the audience would appreciate it. 
Well, there's everything, everything wrong with being. Well, what I'm trying to say is that there's no appreciation. <laughs> I, can, I cannot say any comments as uh, you, I can oh, compromise, yeah. as you know. You're, you're already compromised, man. Just showing up, you're compromised. <laughs> <laughs> That's true in every sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I think they can do a good job now. Uh, I think the audience are not prepared or wouldn't be the right audience. With, with I don't know. I, you know. I mean, let's be just okay. So, just take that statement. There's only a small percentage of the population that are this whole extremely left-wing progressive type that look to be the victim in every single possible avenue of life. It's a very small percentage. Most people don't care, and a lot of people are not even aware of it. So, there is a massive audience for that type of movie. Just brutal, honest action movie where you just see bad stuff happen to bad people. Okay. I mean, maybe that's the case. I'm just thinking, like, you know, from what, what we have discussed on yeah. offline. But, uh, I mean, we are, well, you know, we are, well, you well, more so now, more in tune with the culture war that's going on on the internet because yeah. I spend a lot of my time on the internet. And... Um, you get to see these ridiculous things and you think, Christ, could the world get any worse? But I thought for a no, second you were going to say, yeah, you, you know, you're some yeah, more closer to middle age now. So, yeah, you can see the difference. I thought you were going to go that way. I thought you were going to go well, that way. There is but that now. as well. I didn't think that. I didn't think yeah. it. But, yeah, there is yeah. that. But, you know, I think there's a massive audience for stuff like this. It's still out there. And I would love to see some... Yeah. You know, some sort of pre uh, just to understand Creasy's past, but who would play the part if the, I would make a movie uh, of it? Would you have you kind of Denzel now? He's about 20 years older, yeah, probably about 10 kgs or 20 kgs heavier. I'm not even fussed. I mean, it doesn't have to be a direct prequel, it doesn't have to be a black leading actor, it could be anything. I mean, the, the first 1987 make of this film. Mm -hmm. It's a white actor playing the role. That's actually something I was going to mention. Is it usually it's got it's the white the white savior, isn't it? The white knight savior that comes in and saves the ethnic minority child from all of the bad stuff. Yeah. Roles are flipped in this, which I thought was interesting. So you got a leading actor, Denzel Washington, black leading actor, yeah. saving the blonde haired, blue eyed white girl. And it's quite quite Unusual because her father was Mexican, and that would normally mean dark-haired, um, sort of tanned child. Although the mother was white from Texas, or probably or wherever she was. Yeah, that is curious. I did think that as well. Yeah. Actually, at one point when I was watching it this morning, um, or or is it that well, we've been brought up with stereo images of Mexican people? I don't know. No, it's a fact, isn't it? Is that most people in Mexico have got sort of slightly darker skin and dark hair? It's a fact. But um, perhaps it wasn't his actual natural born child. I don't know if that was ever mentioned in the film or not, or no. that it was supposed to be. But who knows? It could have been her child from a previous relationship. Exactly. But another thing that was quite interesting, you know, when Christopher Walken and, and Denzel Washington's character, they're, you know, they're near the swimming pool and they're talking to each other. And they said, well, God ever forgive us. And at mm. the time, if you remember... We were still in the peak of the Gulf War, uh, yeah. sort of thing. 
So was it a conscious or cautious, conscious uh, sort of reference to that saying, are we going to be forgiven for actually mucking up a region or something like that? I don't know, because there were quite a lot of people who were anti-war in America as well, uh, as well Absolutely. as yeah. yeah, as well as being pro-war. And just mm -hmm. that moment, I felt like, were they actually talking about, not them, I know they were talking about them in the movie as individuals, but at the same time as a nation. Well, God forgive us for doing this, what we've done, sort of thing. Uh, and I just want to say, like, to our audience, especially international audience, it's quite amazing how religious America is compared to Europe or even Britain, because you'll never hear necessarily a British MI6, if there was MI6 officers saying that we'll, we'll be forgiven by God, because we're not that religious compared to uh, America. And that's why I thought that it was about the country more than anything else, indirectly. Yeah, it's possible. It's a good spot. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. I noticed also in this is that, you know, there is a lot of religious undertone in this film. Yes. Creasy, Creasy reads the Bible. Um, you know, he, he recites something to the Mexican nun. Um, yep. But there's one big scene, when well, I say big scene, but there is a, there's a particular shot in this film that for anyone that's watching it or you know, watches it in the future based on this review, um, when Creasy is watching uh, Pitta in the swimming pool, competing yep. in the swimming pool for the very first time, it's an undercover swimming pool, and she like comes third or something. And that's he sat funny, there. Yeah on a bench watching her and you see a wide angle shot of the bench and there is a light like sunlight coming in and it's just lighting up Denzel or Creasy's character. The yes. rest of the bench is in darkness, is a, is a natural inside light, but it's just shining on him. And because of the biblical references in that, I thought that, you know, that this guy, that is a very religious symbolism is that it's shown that this guy is an angel. Yeah. And it's the light upon him because he is here to provide this girl a bit of guidance and he's been kind of just put into her life and he becomes a protector and and puts her on the right path to things. Yes. And I just thought that that was a very kind of subconscious re religious type of um, yes. symbolism. Sort of. Yeah, I agree with you. I remember that scene 100%. Um, it's quite amazing how deep this, this, this uh, review has become about religion and uh, the scenes. Another thing, oh. uh, it, it was, is the candles in the living room. That was quite an interesting um, setup. But I think quite a lot of Mexican families do actually have a sort of church at home. Oh, um, like a little, um, like a shrine, shrine or an altar yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, don't, I don't actually, I, I've only ever met one real genuine Mexican in my entire life. Um, interesting character. Just wanted that to was... fight everyone. <laughs> fight everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Until I got him on the old damn funny tobacco. I was on a little trip to Amsterdam and um, I was, I was um, in and out of hostels in the whole two weeks that I was there. So, you know, when you're sleeping in hostels, you get to meet a lot of different people from different countries. And um, he asked me about it, and I spent a night out drinking with him, and he just wanted to fight everybody. So I said, mate, you need to get on this. Let's stop the drink, and let's get on this. And he was like, really? Yeah, I've never done it before. I was like, okay. Yeah. And he was just a completely different character after that. He didn't give a fuck. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Yeah, that's the only only real Mexican that I've met. Well, <laughs> yeah, he didn't have a shrine in his house, as far as I'm aware. Then I didn't ask really. <laughs> that's not a question you normally ask by the way you know you're from mexico do you have a shrine yeah i don't think you people have shrines in your house <laughs> you might have said no but my back garden has a cocaine field or something like that in the back no, i don't know shit that that is wrong to say as well <laughs> <laughs> uh, um I'm, i've got in my notes here that i like the manzano character uh, Mathis um, from James Bond. That's what I was going to ask you, actually, as I recognised him, and it is the guy that plays that character in James Bond, isn't it? Yeah, Mathis. Is it Mathis or something like that? <sighs> Sounds familiar. I can't remember. But his, his actual name is Giancarlo Gianni. Yep. Or Giannini, sorry. And he plays Manzano. Um, I kind of I like the way that whenever he had a cigarette on the go, he kept on waving the smoke out of people's faces. But he, he didn't do it because he was asked to. He did it because it's like, you know, he enjoyed smoking a cigarette. You could tell that he was like a, yeah. a regular smoker. But so, but yet he felt a slight element of guilt. So he kept wafting it away from people's faces. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, then it was a small, you know, the uh, cigarillos or whatever they're called, uh, the cigars, small cigars. I liked his attitude. I think actually, come to think of it, he plays the same character in every film I've seen him in. Yeah, he does actually. He does play the uh, guy who's the the man who gets information and then dies. Or well, it's just very jaded. You know, he's just yeah. sort of very kind of like like a beaten kind of downtrodden character. That's like, oh well, you know, the world's going to end soon, so fuck it. Why not? Um, well, he did actually, didn't he? He did fuck it in the end. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He did the Mexican. Uh... Yeah, <laughs> the, um, the the reporter. Yeah, that's quite yeah. A, a good reciprocal relationship. Actually, I felt. You know, he got yeah. something out of it. She got something out of it. I mean, ultimately, that's what relationships are. Everyone has to get something out of it. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. But she mm. was quite. She had the. She didn't have the classic look, but there was something about her. She was in Total Recall. Um, the actress's name is. Right, it's Rachel Ticotin. and she was the, the the film that I remember her the most from his total recall with the arnold schwarzenegger how come i don't remember from the total recall well when was the last time you watched total recall years back mm. <laughs> was she yeah. the one with the curly hair you know well yeah she's naturally got she's you know hispanic she's naturally got dark hair no um, i know that but yes. was she the one with the curly hair yeah she was the she was the secondary love interest with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger in his in his life that was programmed into his brain was yeah. with Sharon Stone, if you remember. Yes. And, and then she's the one. He... Yeah, is this one he escapes with, or help, uh, helps him escape, or something like that? This is real. No, no, Sharon Stone. He ends up killing her in the end. Sharon Stone's character. No, 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 no. Yeah, he kills Sharon Stone, but this one he gets he gets help. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's part of the resistance, and um, yeah. yeah, as part of these kind of uncon these kind of like unconscious bias when they're asking him in Total Recall to reprogram his yeah. like his brain implant for the holiday that he wanted. Um, he says, well, they ask him what athletic, you know, what kind of female type, and he, he describes her. 
Well, she looks much better in this movie. I think she's matured well, like a, a beautiful matured wine, you know. Uh, I yeah, she's not, not. I don't know. She's got a bit of um. Well, she was in Con Air, apparently. She was in the film Falling Down. So she's played a few decent bit roles in her time. Yeah, uh, she's born in the Bronx. Oh, there's a bloody spoiler for me. I thought she's um, a proper Mexican Latino. That no. big flags on it. Damn. Okay, forget that then. It's just native, anyway. um, natively speak Spanish, I guess. Um, yeah, so born in the Bronx. There you go. Which 1958, she... she was born. Uh, okay, a little bit. Pass it now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's it. Oh, that's 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 ruined it now. She's a, actually an American, and she's born in '58. Forget it. That's it. Done. <laughs> oh, she want to have that beautiful uh, uh, sort of Mexican accent, you know, that she is in a movie, like you know that. So you know. Well, and she might very well. Um, she might very well talk like that. In fact, I remember in Total Recall having a little bit of a. Sort of the um, the role of the R's and stuff as uh, people that speak Spanish do tend to have. So it could be that she grew up in a. Actually, let's have another. Let's dig a bit deeper. Actually, so what what is her? Fa- Where's her family from? They're from uh, one t- one tough cookie. You could definitely hold her own next to the boys on film and TV. Lovely dark haired Rachel Ticotin has stepped up to the plate many times in strong arm female feminine roles. Playing everything to cops, from cops and bodyguards, military corporals, born 58, raised in the Bronx, Puerto Rican. Ah. There you go. Actually, actually a state of America, isn't it, Puerto Rico? Um, yes, yeah, so Rachel well, is of Puerto Rican, Russian, Jewish descent. Fucking hell, there's a mix. I didn't see the Russian or the Jewish in there, but uh, yeah, I saw Mad. the... Yeah, bloody hell, that's a big mix, isn't it? Sort of thing. She's um, trained ballet trained at the age of eight. She made her first stage appearance at age ten as a Siamese princess in a production of The King and I. Oh, brilliant! Wow, yeah. So um, at the age of twelve, she joined the ballet ballet Hispanicano. Wow. Yeah, we went on to work with such famed choreographers as Alvin Ally, Jeffrey Holder, and I don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah, fair enough. Have you got a photograph fir- of her? Well, look it up. I thought you were going to show it on screen like you normally do. Nah. Um, first film debut, age of 20 in 1978. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't even born then. <laughs> I was only one years old. It depends which month. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, anyway, that's what I said, you know. 1958, too late, mate. You know, too late, it's done. Yeah, done, oh yeah. well, oh well, never mind. You'll have, have to apologize to her. Find her on um Twitter or Instagram and say, I'm sorry, but 58 is too much. I, I can't, I, I just I can't. Can't. I'm sorry. I'm so I was sorry. only one years old when he first started in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I quite like the, the violence in this film, actually. I, yeah. the, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like really kind of like into it. Like, you go on. Fucking, I love the. There's no apology for it either, which I like about this film. A lot of modern action films now, yeah. the main characters are almost kind of like, oh no, it's wrong, but I've got to do it, and oh, I'm such a bad person, and all that sort of self-introspect. 
I think, no, fuck that. Go with the pure vengeance and revenge. It's much more interesting and entertaining. And let's not say sorry. You know, everyone's tired of apologizing these days. Just get on with it. Just if you're going to be an evil bastard, just do it. And so don't how, apologize. So how many people are going to say sorry to someone if they're up for revenge? No one. No, I, I yeah. And that's what I like about it. It's just un, unapologetic. Just I'm going to kill him. That's yeah. it. I'm you know what? <laughs> There's two bits, mate. I shouldn't be laughing, but uh, it made me sort of cringe and laugh at the same time. You know, the guy he was chopping the fingers off, like he would mm. be asking him a question, so it'd really be nice to him. And they go, Nah, take another one yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. And then he basically goes, Oh, anyway, thanks for the information. You're going to hell anyway. Bang, shot him. But the funny one was where the, 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 you know the kid, uh, the special units guy, where he shows him that little plastic thing. You know, the uh, drug smugglers put a little bit of drug in him, blah blah blah. He takes all these explosions out, explosives out, and goes this and this. And you know, you think he's going to put it up his ass right after that. And he goes, "Well, you've already got one up your. It's already, yeah. <laughs> it's already there. Yeah, and you got five minutes. Yeah, and that's quite quite clever in a way. And I think that might actually get around some sort of censorship." Yeah, there might be some actually proper, actual written censorship laws that you're not allowed to show or insinuate that there's some kind of um, sort of odd anal penetration, perhaps, that they knew that if they put that in the movie, it probably wouldn't get through classification. Right. So, so, so yeah, then yeah. Say that the, to say that they've already done it kind of gets around that, and well, which I'll is clever. Ah, that's why I was taking the gloves off uh, earlier before he, um, yeah, I thought it was just making sure he didn't, um, before that bit, I thought it was only saying it because of, you know, not done one of his prints on the car, obviously. Yeah, he had his hands up, his, uh, yeah, putting the bomb in. Bloody hell. Yeah. Denzel, what the hell were you doing? Well done. That was a great movie there. Yeah. But that made me laugh. Made me laugh with the, with, with the gloves and the print fingerprints. I mean, everything that Crazy's character does in this is all traceable, and it's just yeah. the point which doesn't care because no. he's rifling through people's private documents and stuff with no gloves on, so fingerprints are everywhere. Um, bullets as well, you know, the signature from the gun and all that kind of stuff. All of that, you know, like firearm forensics can tell what bullets been fired from what gun in a lot of cases, and you just didn't care. You're just like, no, I'm gonna kill him, and that's it, end of. But that was his day job, wasn't it? It wasn't bodyguard. It was killing people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like you Man, and I basically going to the office, you know what I mean? Doing, doing our work in front of the computer, coming yeah. back. That was his job, going, going to different countries like Thailand, Pakistan, wherever, Lebanon, and getting rid of people. Yeah. Just killing people, yeah. yeah. Just... And then coming home again, hi, darling, how you doing? Yeah. The alarm Go goes off. Yep. 9 a.m. Oh, fucking hell. I've got to start work. Right. Okay. I'm going to need the Beretta. I'm going to need the silencer. I'm going to need the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you think that. Do you think. I mean, obviously, those people genuinely exist around the world. Yes. You know, various different agencies have their own. Intelligence agencies have their own pretty much paid assassins, although they wouldn't be called that, would they? But. Um, but being that person, do you think that, you know, they get up at six o'clock in the morning? And I go, oh, okay, right. Um, I bet I've got to do the washing up before I go out. Um, I've got to feed the cat, empty the litter tray, um, and then we're off. Okay, I've got to oh, be in the office forget, for nine. Need, need to kiss a girlfriend. 
as well on the uh, forehead. Well, you don't do that. Yeah, no, you don't do that. No, because there's morning breath. Oh, that's true. So, think, this, this is this is a thing that I, I really hate on films and TV shows is when you've got a couple in bed together and there's that scene where they wake up in the morning and the, you know the curtains are closed but there's a little ray of light coming through and it's all this like idyllic you know and they roll over and they go oh morning morning and then they get a little bit comfortable with each other and start kissing and open mouth kissing I'm like that would never happen in real life no. you'd say before we get into uh, yeah no, I'll stop you there love I'm really in, I'm really into this but we both need to brush our teeth beforehand and then we can get on with it. Or have a glass of uh, whiskey or two. Oh, oh yeah. What? Well, <laughs> just burn, just burn of, it out. Burn it out. Oh, yeah. At least it will cover the breath, you know, I mean, uh, the morning breath. <laughs> but I can't stand that. I can't stand no. it in films and TV shows because you're like, that would never fucking happen because you know, both your breath is just fucking stinking and oh. You just want to. Uh, yeah, probably, probably shower and everything, mate, before you give a go. I would. Well, quite, quite that's, fussy, but that's a, well, that's a bit too far because then you, by that by that time you've lost all enthusiasm. It's like half oh, eight in the morning. If you fuck, I'll go to work in half hour. Fuck. Yeah, call the boss. Uh, I'm on a job at the moment. I'll I tell you, I tell you what, <laughs> what, I, what you do is you go to the bathroom. You just stand on your tiptoes, put flop it into the sink, wipe wipe your tip off, and then you're ready to go. You're talking from experience, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got it here first. Yeah. You know what to do. <laughs> yeah, when it's when it's that sort of situation, you're not putting on a, you know, not having a shave and a shower before morning six. You're just like, no, you know, you rinse, off, you... No, you rinse it off. No, you rinse it off. You get on with the job. <laughs> When you have to do it for king and country, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. man knows. Everywhere, every man knows. He watches this. Will agree is that you just you rinse it off, you brush your teeth, and then you're you're ready to go. You're ready to rock and roll, basically. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Excuse me, darling. I, I I just need to go for a shower. I recommend you go for a shower. In fact, why don't you go first? Actually, yeah. <laughs> well, the other ways. Why don't you join me? Well, there is that, I suppose, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's a whole different level of um, effort. Yeah, that is probably is at it... least two hours. Two hours, man! You, you drain the hot water tank. What's the matter with you? There's a fucking energy crisis on, mate. Can't afford a two-hour shower. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's basically saying in and out. Let's fucking yeah. Fun. <laughs> fucking two hour showers. Christ, you see the gas bill, love? Can't fucking hell. <laughs> two hours. Fuck. I don't know what it's got to do with the movie, but yeah, great. It's, it's got nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> I'd rather talk about this. This is more interesting. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but if you do it, if you do it in the shower, you've got to do it standing up, and then it's more of an effort, and it never really works out front to front. It never really works out. Because it's awkward, you've got to sort of crouch down and lift up, and it doesn't quite work. Anyway, anyway, anyway and, there's, and 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 if you don't have a bath mat, there's always the risk one of you could slip away, and you know, and all kinds of nasty shit could happen. Then could could chip a tooth, could snap something. 
certainly yeah. <laughs> it's certainly an instant cock flop i know that but there you go <laughs> audience i'm going to say all these things that paul was talking about is probably had experience mm-hmm. he's talking first hand of course so listen listen to him yeah. yeah it's all experience <laughs> it's all experience in fact you know i should start my own life advice journal i think and it's also the strength of the cardio whiskey i'm drinking too that's helping a lot yeah. no. anyway why like while you know me i'm i'm the innocent saint just don't say much don't talk about anything really except movies on this channel as you can tell so paul anyway thank you let's get back shall we yeah <laughs> let's get back to the movie shall we um you mentioned the finger cutting scene um yeah i actually i, I quite I, I don't i'm not gonna say i enjoyed that scene but i quite like the <laughs> just the the complete Sorry. lack of remorse that the guy has so you're so basically on this channel we've gathered you're sex addict or you've had all the experience while having no, sex. i'm just a pragmatist i'm not a sex addict i'm just a pragmatist even when it comes down to sex it's like no that's not going to work let's no, rethink this but but no just that, pragmatist yeah and not only that but you've just said basically you enjoyed it but no not really i didn't enjoy it but you know there was no mercy so you were basically a assessing in your uh, past life as well i tell i'd like <laughs> joking aside i mean seriously joking aside i like i like justice i like yeah i know that you do you I, love it I hate injustice. It doesn't matter what kind of injustice it is. It could be the smallest, minutest thing. It could be somebody, like our friend posted the other day in our WhatsApp group, some geezer in a Tesla parking at a petrol pump whilst he runs in to go and buy a pint of milk and ends up blocking people from getting to the petrol pump. He's in a fucking Tesla and he's parked at a bay in a petrol pump. That sort of stuff is an injustice. So that's a very minute scale of injustice. That, to me, I'd want to smash his front windscreen in to teach that cunt a lesson, right? And... <laughs> I only smash his windscreen. Okay. Yeah, yeah. because he won't, he won't do it again after that, would he? Um, but the other sense of justice I like, uh, the sense of justice I want, is a grand scale, you know, sort of like government, government corporate level. Any sort of injustice makes my blood boil instantly. I hate it. I just want people to play fairly and within the rules. I just fair want that for everybody in life. Yeah, fair and square. Yeah, and so that everyone can then know what the playing field is and everyone has an opportunity to get there in life, you know, based on merit, work ethic, skills, talent, etc. I don't like it when people cheat and they steal, and they... I, I hate that. I just hate injustice so much. So in this film, although it is just dramatised entertainment, but that guy was an evil fuck, yes. and when Creasy was cutting his fingers off, it was like, fucking go on. Do, the, do another one, just for fun. Just to take all his fucking fingers off and start on his toes next. I just... Yeah. And I just love the fact that it was unapologetic. He just didn't give a shit. Just like, no, I... He didn't feel any remorse. He wasn't going, oh, I'm really sorry. I've got to do this. But, you know, I've got to put the cigarette lighter on your, on your finger. I'm sorry. No, it was just, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. I'm going to cut all your fingers off. And at the end of it, I'm going to kill you anyway. 
Yeah, he didn't care. He was just butchering him. He was just he wanted the information and he got it. Simple as that. But he was on a mission. He was on a mission. He probably did it hundreds of times before, maybe thousands when he was uh, in all those other countries. That's mm. like you were saying, there, there are probably people in every sort of uh, security service services around the world that have people like that uh, who are going around doing that for their country. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's people like that that are kind <laughs> of like sociopaths, psychopaths, you know, and you well, sort of put these people people to use for what they're good at. <laughs> well, the, fact, the, the fact is, uh, the reason why, and I always say this to people, when we look at Bond, we've Bond always, is, yeah, I mean, you always said it, you said it to me hundreds yeah. of times. You always, yeah. you always say, I mean, you always say it in every conversation. <laughs> you, well, I used to, but no, but uh, what I'm trying to say Always is, say it. Always say I say it always to you, but <laughs> yeah, always, always. But Bond's only uh, toned down. What If people reckon, uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. No, he isn't. He's a killer. So I called this once, uh, the Denzel Washington character is what they probably really do in real life to mm. people to get information. Bond has been made into entertainment. But if there was a straightforward like operator for the MI6, what do you think? They just go around to casinos and say, my name is Bond, James Bond, and that's it. And they just shoot people. Nah. He's a cold killing machine. And all these movies are about cold killing machines for their country. I mean, I've seen reports even in um, where, uh, when some there was some issue about a few years back where the Israelis actually sent a uh, squad like that to Dubai to kill com- some uh, Arab general or something called Iranian general. And they actually killed him in his hotel room and escaped. And they did it like... It was a couple who went in, uh, followed him into a lift. There was a camera there. Went out on the same thing. They went a different direction. But uh, the actual people are sure it was them. But they were disguised. They were uh, Mossad uh, undercover people. So it does happen. So what I'm trying to say is, yeah, we we look at things like Bonn and say it's like entertainment. He's on the good side. But, yeah, he isn't a good guy. He kills people for a living. He's a psycho. You need to have something missing in your heart or in your conscious to do that. Doesn't matter if it's for the country or even on a private level like the mafia and say it's only business. You don't have a heart. That's what I'm trying to say. And that's what he was asking. Well, God forgive us for it because we're talking Mm. about not having that. I just looked that up, what you were saying there. So Mm. they reckon 2010... Uh, assassination of Mahmoud al Mabhu um, happened uh, 19th of January 2010. Took place on the 19th of January, yeah, in a hotel room in Dubai. Co founder of what the hell? I can't even pronounce that the military ring of the military wing of Hamas. Yeah, um, yeah, they reckon that it was the Israeli Mossad that killed him, although they can't prove it apparently. Well, there you go. Right. That's something new tonight. Yeah. So it does happen. So yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. yeah, it's been happening for. It's been happening since there's been hierarchy. Been happening for centuries. Um, what the points have I got? Oh yeah, the soundtrack I was going to raise. Um, I think the opening theme, yeah. the sort of the the very slow sort of guitar music. I think that is a 
a musical version of a, a Nine Inch Nails track. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really looked into it, but I quite like it. It's sort of industrial, well, Nine yep. Inch Nails. Are, are you aware of Nine Inch Nails? No, I'm, I haven't heard of them never before. Never ever. It's a very, very interesting setup, actually. It's, um, it's an industrial rock band, and the, the singer is a guy called Trent Reznor. And he's the only permanent member of the band. So he just hires people as and when he needs them. But the music is this very industrial kind of metal. It's quite unique. Um, yeah. The, the guy himself, I think, I think anyway, is just a complete left-wing lunatic. But his music, absolutely fucking brilliant. But that's usually the way, though, isn't it? Is it you know, the people that are far out there and, the, and you know, basically communism, basically communists are the most creative Unbelievable, yeah. Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, yes. I, I, I've got that in my notes. I was going to mention that to you specifically because it is very, very much. In fact, in fact, the end of this film is very much like Gladiator. Yeah. Very often, he basically does the good deed and then slowly dies, and, it, and he's slowly dying throughout the, that whole end sequence. And, and that's one thing I don't get. He was bleeding throughout mm. before he, and he doesn't die till he kills people now or finishes off the job and it makes you wonder if that was in real life i think he would be dead within 48 hours of uh leaving hospital so he wouldn't be finishing the job at all and he never bled through the suit as well gray suit yeah that is interesting you mentioned that because i picked up on that too that the scenes where he's, he's resting in the pool or he's yeah. resting in a swimming pool and there's like blood coming from him yeah so he's he's clearly dying slowly towards the end of this film. Yeah. Um, and then eventually in the end, I'm kind of glad that he died in the car, just slowly sort of faded out. Yeah. Rather than them getting him back to where he was going to be, because I, I reckon that the retribution would have been fucking fierce. It would have been big time. And I think that's why he agreed as well to do the deal, because he knew he was going to die anyway. He was uh, mm. uh, feeling it, that his wounds yeah. were getting worse. Because he got shot once or twice afterwards as well, didn't he? Um, well, he was shot like almost point blank range in the fucking chest, wasn't he? You remember when yeah. he was taking on the um, the main guy's brother? Um, yeah. Where he, where he, he's in that um, ghetto and he sort of raids that house. He just storms into that house. The guy comes up behind him. He spins around. Bosh, takes a shot right in the fucking chest. It's like, oh, shit. I mean, surely that's enough to make your eyes water. And he doesn't even take a knee after that. He just kind of just carries on. Then he just runs amazing. after him. After yeah. Him. <laughs> Doesn't even fall over. Bloody hell. No, a fucking shot straight to the fucking chest. Mate, with <laughs> all the wounds he had, you would think that it would be down and out. You would just stand yeah. and go, okay, yeah, you've got me. Take me out. Yeah, but it's that God's will, that divine retribution coming right through his entire body that's driving him on. It's like, no, I'm not ready to die yet because I've got fucking stuff to do. Yeah, it's probably about the revenge. He wants to finish it off. He wants to be the one who yeah. has a last laugh, if you want to say it. Just it yeah. yeah, it's excellent. It's just, I'm not ready to fucking die yet. That's it. I'm still going. Have you ever been in a position where you're so high on on uh, sort of a, a buzzing, on, not on drugs, you're buzzing, right? And you're so high on that buzz, you like playing sports or whatever, you've hurt yourself so badly that you don't even feel it. And then about four or five hours, once you've calmed down, you can't even walk or something. Uh, it's the adrenaline, you, yeah. 
Uh, it's happened to me when I was at uni. I snapped my ligaments and I went out dancing because I was on a buzz. I was buzzing. Off dancing. The yeah, I, I I snapped my ligaments. Heard something snap in my leg. You what? dancing? Yeah, no, I don't dance normally, do I? Oh man, I would like, I would pay money to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see, another thing I want to say to the audience: I, I'm I'm the shy one in the group. Uh, I mean, I don't dance or anything like that. I'll go to a, a party or something with these guys, and I think most of the time, myself and Paul are there lots drinking. Justin might dance. Yeah, I don't. I'm not a dancer. <clears throat> I don't no. like. Don't like it. Yeah. I, I don't have any coordination for dancing, unfortunately. I wish Same I did. Same I, 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 you know, I, I look at people dance, and I think, God, that looks fucking awesome. I'd like to be able to do that, but I just yeah. can't do it. I don't have the coordination. You know, I struggle to do like aerobics and Pilates stuff sometimes you know like lifting weights and doing more than three things at once with the body i struggle with that i like very basic simple mechanical movements i get behind that that's fine but yeah so so anyway that's why you can't imagine me dancing but i actually danced no. thinking that i was okay as soon as my adrenaline wore off I cried like a baby, mate, because I'd snapped my <laughs> ligaments on both sides. It was a very unusual snap. Uh, yeah. And then I called my sister and said, look, I've got this. And luckily she was at uni at the same time in London. She came to see me and took me to hospital. Uh, and they said, well, I might have damaged my knee. And if that's the case, I'll have to do a massive operation. And that's it. Your career <laughs> in uni is over. I went, okay, fair enough. That's it. Yeah, you have to take the leg off. Yep, and and and, and I was really going. Oh, I've only been at uni for five weeks. Back to my hometown. I really don't want to go back. Luckily, it was yeah. only my ligaments. But yeah. So what I'm trying to say, when you're like really on that natural high and you're buzzing with blood flow going through, you, you don't feel pain. And ten hours later, or twenty hours later, once it goes down, you think, oh shit, I'm in pain. I'm gonna die. And that's why Denzel died in the end because the pain <laughs> got to him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um should we think about, rap think about wrapping this up? Yeah, because I think tonight has been quite interesting discussion. <laughs> it's been all over the place, isn't it? But yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? You know, yeah, yeah. Why not? In fact, if anyone is listening this far or watching this far, let us know. Do you prefer the kind of off-the-script tangent type of talk discussion that we're having with these movie reviews, or would you rather that we just remain regimented and on target? Let us know. Um, I mentioned about the shaky early 2000s shaky cam shit. Um, yes, yeah, so I think we've gone over most of my notes. What about the colour? Um, you know, the colour, like, you know, it was funny sort of... <sighs> It had that fun colour, sort of, it was like a paint where the colours were really dark and light, sort of thing, if you get what I'm trying to say. It was like yeah, yeah. a oil, uh, is it oil paint or something like that? Yeah, I know, I know okay. what you mean. I can't think I can't think of the video effect of what it is, but yeah. it was all the shaky cam scenes, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yeah. So where the frame rate was cut down and, yeah. It, yeah. It was, it, I'd hate to be an editor on that film. Because that like extra it. shit must have just taken like ages to do. I mean, most of those things you can just use a filter and rinse and repeat once you've got it. But yeah, you know, from a technical software point of view, you can just repeat that stuff. But 
to edit this movie must have been a fucking ball ache because all that shaky cam shit as well. I mean, typically you wouldn't, unless you actually had people on on the scene on location recording like that. Yeah, that camera wobble would have to be put on in post production. Yeah, and, and chances are most people are on tripods, they're on rails, they're on you know big cameras that have got um, uh, fucking what is the Lifts, camera lifts. No, the, sort of the anti, anti. I can't think of the actual proper term for it, but the anti is kind of wobble and shape. The stabilization. That's it. Okay, a lot yeah. of a lot of professional cameras would have stabilization built in as well, and that. So, so to get that kind of like shaky kind of stuff would be very hard to do. You have to do that in post production with software. I would have thought. Yeah. So to okay. edit this film must have been a fucking nightmare. Yeah, amazing. Uh, but there is one. Coming back to something else beside that. Do you know that Mercedes he was driving was the first Mercedes to have double glazing? Double glazing? Yeah. Hmm, okay. Yeah. I know it's not an important fact, but is it double glazing? <laughs> no, it's just double glazing in a car. I mean, sure, that can't hmm. be very good for, like, airflow and temperature control and stuff. That must have been... Especially in Mexico. Isn't Mexico, like, really humid heat? Yes, it is, yeah. But he did have a very good air conditioning and all different stuff. Yeah. Now, is it condensation and damp, you know, black mold growing all in it? Yeah. (laughs) There was some sort of system within the uh, windows itself, and that's why he didn't have that problem. But, yeah, I can't remember what the system was, but, yeah, it was the first double glazing or something like that. Mm. And it was the the S-Class. Most of the Mafia in uh, Russia used to drive that around as well, that model, and Tokyo. In black as well. So, in um, wrapping this up, give yep, it a sure. score. I'm going to give it an eight. Mm. I really okay. enjoyed it. Uh, I'm only giving it eight for two reasons. Denzel Washington's acting was pretty decent. Christopher Walken and the first 45, 50 minutes of the uh, movie. I think the rest was a very typical... Um, Hollywood action movie, but it was the, as I said, the relationship with the family, with the uh, bodyguard and child, how that was built up, and it, it wasn't in uh, America as well. Normally, these movies are either yeah. in America, it was in Mexico, and that's what was like, very unusual. Yeah, it was a little different spin on it, and it? And usually yeah. these things are always in fucking Los Angeles or New York because that's the only two only two cities that exist in America, believe it or not. Yeah. Los Angeles and New York, that's it. There's no other places in America. Chicago's a small town for them. Yeah, it's tiny. In fact, rumour is it doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Um, so, score-wise, um, yeah, okay. Uh, an eight. Okay, that's a good score. Um, I didn't expect that. But um, I gave it a seven. Okay. Um, yeah, similar feelings to, you know, to what you have. I think that the child relationship could have gone off the rails. Yes. It was going a little bit that way, but it was very good editing and very good script writing to actually say, no, we've done enough now, right? The child needs to go away, and now it needs to become about Creasy. Yeah. And I thought it was very well done. Um, I like the soundtrack, as we've mentioned. A little, yeah. bit, little bit of sort of gladiator-type music, and so there's a little bit of um, familiarity with the whole gladiator theme and feel as well towards the end, yes. which I liked. Um, Denzel Washington. I can't think of a Denzel Washington film. Oh, actually, no. Now I've said that. Now I've thought of one. <laughs> um, 
Denzel Washington films I don't like. Um, I can't think of one, but that's a lie because I can think of a film I didn't like, although I can't remember the name of it now. Shit. Um, I'm going to find American Gangster? No, 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 no. I mean, Denzel Washington, Washington as an actor, I think is absolutely brilliant. I don't, there's not many things I've seen where I don't like, apart from one film, which I think was his first ever film. I'm trying to find the name of it. I think it was his first ever film. Is it where he plays a, a police officer in the Caribbean? No. Carbon Copy. It's a comedy. Okay. It was called it was called Carbon Copy. It was 1981. Um starred George Seagal. And George Seagal was this kind of upper middle class, upper class um pervert. Bus- white, white businessman. Very wealthy individual, very um, you know, very white sort of um corporate america type in the 1980s um and denzel washington was somehow his son and well, the film it, it's awful it, it's awful and that's probably the, the only film i've seen denzel washington that i didn't like why well, the reason why i said uh pervert because george seager <laughs> basically played uh sex comedy movies a lot in the 70s and eight, uh, early 80s he was one of the guys who gets killed in the saint relenta massacres uh movie uh, in, in the lineup he's in that george sequel and he was one right. also an actor and didn't age uh for a long time then he suddenly aged then he suddenly started looking old recently <laughs> He got to his late seventies and he started aging, but before that, he still looked the same. Well, going with our our ratings, I gave it a seven. You give it an eight. IMDb, this is rated at seven point seven out of ten. Yeah. Okay. And on Rotten Tomatoes, this is the most interesting thing. Rotten Tomatoes is given thirty eight percent by the critics. Okay. I don't basically don't like it. But yeah, it's got an eighty-nine percent audience score. Wow. So it goes to it goes to show that, that you know this whole critic, you know, critics and what they think and what they think people should like, compared to what people actually like, is usually at such a juxtaposition. Don't forget, they're looking at it very, very differently to how you and I or the audience would be looking at this movie. They're looking at a more of an arty point of view. Yeah, and it's not going to be a classic. He's not going to be one of those that is going to be remembered in 40 or 50 years time or 60 years time, but it was entertaining. It was something mm. that kept you hold of your sort of, you were there, you kept your attention, stuff like that. Mm. Um, and yeah, and as I said, I think the critics sometimes look at things too much in an arty way of things and stuff like that. And yeah, it's completely different. Completely Over different. their soy latte from Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. That costs about ten bucks a pop. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell. Well, fifteen dollars usually. Yeah. yeah. Fifteen to twenty dollars for a Starbucks. Mate, most of them have to remortgage their house probably to buy that. Here's a tip, Americans and Starbucks: turn a fucking kettle on. It's much easier and more cost-effective. And drink char or tea. As well, I'm wrong with drinking coffee. If you want to drink coffee, just just, just drink your own 
stuff. Just pour a fucking kettle. It's a lot cheaper. There's a person. There's a person. Coffee. Drink coffee, not coffee. Coffee. Okay. Okay. There's <laughs> a person that I know of. I won't say names. That goes to Costa Coffee, like four or five times a week. If you're not aware, international audience, Costa Coffee is like the, the cheap equivalent Starbucks here in the UK. There's there's franchises of Costa Coffee fucking everywhere. In, in fact, some towns in the UK, you will find three Costa Coffees in the same fucking town, same high street. Um, but there's there's somebody that I know of that, that will spend X amount of money, you know, maybe go there sort of four or five times a week when you could just turn the fucking kettle on. May I ask you? It do blows I know, my mind. Do I know that person? No, you don't. No. Oh, okay, fair enough. No, but you could just you could just put the kettle on and it would save you so much more money. Yeah. Fucking unbelievable. It's, it's, yeah. Cost yeah, of living, cost of living. Everyone's complaining in this country they've got no money and that cost of living's going up. And oh my god, I've got no money, but yet you know somehow or another people still go to cost of coffee every day. Absolutely unbelievable. There you go. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. That is, uh, yeah. I'm just fucking ranting now. Yeah. Um, right, let's leave it there then. Um, yeah. So, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can this does go out as a podcast. If you don't want to watch and have the time to watch, you know, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. I can't watch. It. I'm too busy. Then listen to it. Just listen to it as a podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Podcast everywhere. Everywhere you can find podcasts. Or you don't want to see our beautiful up. faces as well. You can watch it. Where is that? Yeah. 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 I'm just sick of it. Yeah. Don't want to see it. Um, yeah. But we've also got uh, social media presence where I post the odd thing that might amuse people. I don't know. Whatever. But you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, the usual dog shit. You know, you'll find us there. Um, and that's it. Just like, subscribe, do whatever you want, innit? Give us some money. Thank you. <laughs> no, one's doing that. no one's got any money, apparently, but yeah, they can still afford cost of coffee. So that's all that matters, isn't it? And they don't care if we can't afford it, mate, and they still want to watch our content. <sighs> yeah. Well, you know, I'd like to make money out of this, but whatever. I mean, if yeah. it happens, great. I'd love, I'd love it if it did. I'd love to make this into a career and, a, you know, just do this full time, but whatever whatever um links are in the description for patreon and stuff <laughs> <laughs> but whatever <laughs> mate you keep on saying whatever i think if i gave you a pound every time you'd be a millionaire whatever. or if the audience gave you that, <laughs> whatever. um yeah so it's, it's good night for me <laughs> and it's good night for me Whatever. Whatever.